You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Wow, it is a reckless speculation Thursday here. It's a scoop session Thursday with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. We will definitely put the twin season to bed with Doogie here on this Thursday. We'd like to start with Vikings, though, because you were in the Vikings locker room. Maybe you can give us uh, the current temperature inside that one in four locker room after Justin Jefferson was placed on IR, but... Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday to you, Darren. Always, Phil. It's a holiday, right? Every Thursday is a holiday in our world. Truly. So, hello, <laughs> yeah. Phil. Hello, Judd. Hello, Declan. Happy right. Reckless Speculation Thursday. I was in the Vikings locker room on Wednesday. To me, the headline was our mutual friend, Kevin Seifert, asking the very direct question to Kirk Cousins, would you waive your no-trade clause? And Kirk, instead of saying no, no way, I'm happy here. I'm finishing the season here. Said, hey, my focus is on the Bears. I'm paraphrasing slightly, but that was basically what he said. So he we, he left open the possibility if something comes to fruition. My understanding is as we sit here on October 12th that there's nothing in that regard. But I do wonder, let's say they lose to Chicago, lose to the 49ers. What sort of conversation are we having on Tuesday, October 24th? I don't think the Jets make any sense, but we speculated. Now a lot of national media have picked up on it. Maybe Atlanta, maybe some other franchise makes sense if a quarterback goes down in the next two weeks. But that to me was the big headline. I had a nice conversation with Brandon Powell. His snap count is about to go up with Justin Jefferson out. So on an individual basis, he is pretty darn excited. It wasn't like a crazy locker room, right? Like a lot of guys chose to go have lunch outside of the locker room. There just weren't many guys. In fact, yeah, they don't want your, they don't want your microphones in their faces when they're one and four. So it's inevitable when, when a team goes South, but I did have one-on-one conversations with how, with Makai Blackman, he took ownership, you know, early in that game on Sunday, he said, Hey, I need to come up with that interception, right? The one that he dropped, it was sort of a tough play to move over, but he said, Hey, bottom line, I need to make that play. So Makai Blackman took ownership for dropping that interception against Patrick mm. Mahomes on Sunday. Otherwise, it was the same guys. Like, I was in there on Monday. I spoke with Ed Ingram. Well, guess what? Ed Ingram was in there again on Wednesday. He made himself available, but it's not like I needed to talk with him for a second consecutive time over the course of three days. He's Marcus playing Davenport, pretty well. He's Byron like, hey, Murphy who Jr. wants yeah. to talk? <laughs> but, yeah, not many guys were in that locker room, Phil. So, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you're one in four, right? It's not kumbaya. Well, but here's the thing, too. It doesn't seem like it is a, um, a fractured uh, locker room. It doesn't seem no. like there's a uh-huh. lot of angst there. I, I unfortunately think that this is, and 
it sort of sucks to say because it's not fun. I unfortunately think that this is sort of morphed into sort of just a boring team. Like they're not they're not great. They've lost close games. They're certainly not a dumpster fire. Like they're not one and four, and it's oh my god, this team is just awful. Um, but you know, there are those years where things where you're just not that good, but no one's. You know, I I don't get the pointing fingers thing here. Like I don't see any of that. So it's just sort of become this season without storylines, which is why the potential for the um for the October thirty first trade line trade deadline becomes intriguing. Dukes, let me ask you this. Uh, what is your sense, and, and of course the Wilfs have plenty to do with this as well, and that can't be forgotten, but what is your sense of Quasi in this front office as far as the appetite to make moves? Because, you know, that's what, when when Rick was in charge, it always came down to, uh, aside from Ngakwe being traded, you know, ultimately he didn't really have the go-ahead or or inclination to make big moves. So as we see now, the Vikings being heavily speculated as a seller, because they certainly do have some parts that they could sell. What are you hearing? What's your feeling about Quasi's willingness to actually make two or three trades, for instance, even if it doesn't involve Kirk Cousins? Well, I mean, I think he makes at least one. So then the question is, is it more than one? I mean, we know he likes to make trades, right? Whether it's Cam Akers, Ross Blacklock, you know, Jalen Rager, right? I mean, you know, on the fringes, you know, or beyond the fringes, he likes to make those sorts of moves. But then again, you know, he makes a TJ Hawkinson trade, you know, around this time last year. I just, I know this. Jacksonville has all sorts of interest in Daniil Hunter. What are they willing to offer? Yeah. Right. Can you complete that trade? Kirk is different with the no trade power. I don't think we need to have the Kirk conversation right this second. I think we can after the 49ers game, but not right now. But mm-hmm. to me, Daniil Hunter, K.J. Osborne can be traded. I think Ezra Cleveland probably can be traded. But to me, the two would yeah. be Hunter and Osborne. Are they willing to do that? Ryan Grigson, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, and company in the front office. I still need to sift through more information. Like, in this moment, I just don't sense like anything is, is on the cusp, mm-hmm. right? So let's see how this Bears game plays out. Let's see how the 49ers game plays out then that week heading into October 31st I think that's when it could get very interesting so a couple couple things off this just let's let's go into the reckless speculation tent here okay safe space reckless we were there already well I just we are it's there yeah I just want to make doubly sure that this is a safe space for speculating recklessly so uh let's start with Ezra Cleveland actually that's a name that it's it's very much a name that's behind the flashier Daniil Hunter and Kirk Cousins in terms of guys that you could potentially trade. But out of 80 qualified guards this season, according to Pro Football Focus, Ezra Cleveland is the 10th highest graded guard in the NFL, 11th in run blocking, 16th in pass protection. I thought he had a really good game against the Chiefs. I think he's gotten better as the year has gone on, much like the entire offensive line. But I thought he had a really good game against the Chiefs. So he's this is, again, made the one mistake, by the way. I don't want to say like he was a plus, right? Jones got around him for for the one opportunity to put Cousins on the ground. But I thought overall, if you look at all those snaps, Cleveland had a good game on Sunday. Yeah, but we're talking about asset management here. And if you're you're a general manager, your your most important priority is making sure that you're always ahead of the turning over of a roster. You can't just lose players for nothing, not get draft capital back. You're trying to churn this thing every two, three, four years. 
if you don't plan to re-sign Ezra Cleveland or if he has plans to go and find a place to let him play tackle, you have to be on this right now. You've got Dalton Reisner sitting on your roster. What would a contender team with offensive line problems give you in draft capital? Would someone get desperate and give you like a third or a fourth round pick for a top 10 or 15 currently in the NFL if you believe pro football focus? Like, those are the types of calls they should be making in the next two or three weeks. Ezra Cleveland's a really interesting. I'm not saying you're going to first round pick for him, but you could get something for a guy like that and then just plug in Dalton Reisner and probably not miss a beat with your offensive line. It does make sense. I mean, the reason I didn't mention him initially was I just, I haven't heard any like steam whatsoever outside of the Vikings. Haven't had any talks with his representation about extending him. So I guess in that regard, it does make logical sense. If you haven't shown any interest in extending him, then you should trade him. Yeah. But I just, I don't know what team is out there. Like you can make a compelling case, you know, who needs a wide receiver, right? Jacksonville for Hunter. Is there a logical fit, a contender that needs a left guard? I don't yeah, think anybody I don't in season is moving him to tackle. Mm-hmm. No. I get it. I agree with that. He was drafted as a tackle. Yes. And free agency, he could try to sell himself as a tackle. I understand that. But in season, I don't know if that would be taking place. So yeah. am I missing a logical fit for Ezra? But I'm glad you brought it up. Legit talking point, right? Pending free agent. And if you're not showing interest in extending him, yes, I would be surprised, Phil. If you could even get a four, right? Maybe it's more like a five. Maybe you get a four. I don't think you're getting a three, a day two pick. But sure, if that opportunity presents itself to me, you absolutely need to make that move. Even if you didn't have Dalton Reisner in-house. But the fact that Dalton Reisner is here, you absolutely, if there is an offer made, you better move Ezra Cleveland. Yeah, look real at, quick. The Je- oh, Go ahead, Judd. Go look ahead. at the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns just had a guard go out. There you go. So that could be a and and Quasi, of course, comes from Cleveland. Call up his old buddy in Cleveland. That could be a lot. And and I'm with Phil. If you fair, can... but where are they going? Right, we don't even know if Deshaun Watson is playing this week. That division, like, is there a is there a legit pathway to Cleveland making the playoffs? I guess. There yeah, is you got to pick point. up the phone. Yeah, you got to pick up that phone. Right. Pick it's up the, the horns. Right. It's the Browns. Yeah. You can yeah. mm-hmm. get, finagle something. Get on the, the horn and get it done, Quasi. Yeah. So hey, on the Jaguars front, real quick. So the the, the Jaguars are, and, and we already you've already reported that there's there, there's been some steam there over the months. The Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, there was Phil back in the in the off season. I mean, we mentioned it at some point. I don't know if it was on Reckless Speculation Thursday or a Tuesday, but we brought it up going back to like May or June or July. And the Jaguars are currently so their offense is starting to click. Dude, Trevor Lawrence made like six insane throws to ice that game in London against the Bills. But the Jaguars are 25th in the NFL in sacks. They have only nine sacks through five games. Here's my question. So they have 11 draft picks. They're projected to have 11 draft picks in 2024. They've got their first-round pick, which will be like a, like a late in the 20s somewhere. They've got a second and two-thirds and two-fourths. But there's some conditions on these, and this is where maybe you can help us. So the Jaguars' second-round pick goes to the Falcons if Calvin Ridley gets a contract extension. Their third-round pick would go to the Falcons if Ridley meets unspecified playing time conditions. Are those two, like the second and the third-round pick there, are those tied up and, and they're unable to trade those until the Ridley, like, an, you know? Yes, I believe so. Until after the season? You okay, yeah, You can't trade those. Yeah, without the conditions being met or not met in right. this moment, 
I don't cool. know. We'll how take you would be we'll able take their first round pick then if I'm Quase. But I mean, heck, they love Calvin Ridley. You know, as long as he stays on the field, doesn't get hurt, he's going to meet those conditions, right? So it looks like Jacksonville is going to end up with at least one of those picks. And it seems like a really nice match. So I don't know why they wouldn't want to extend him. But yes, heading into October 31st, without the known there, I just, I don't know how you would be able to move those. So yeah, I mean, the answer is those are protected. Jacksonville cannot move those picks to the Vikings. But Jacksonville could think internally, hey, we are going to land, you know, Calvin on a, on a long-term deal. So we're not going to have those picks. We need to send those to Atlanta. So in Jacksonville's mind, they may be operating as if, hey, we only have, I guess it would be, what, nine? You said, Phil, 11 mm-hmm. based on the conditional picks. So in their minds, they may only have nine. That being said, with that sack number, I think the AFC is open. I do. You know, maybe it's recency bias, but after watching Kansas City in person, they're good. Don't get me wrong. And they could win the AFC, but they didn't blow me away. Like Jacksonville could. And Kansas City beat Jacksonville earlier this year. I get that. But I'm just saying, like, you could make a case for Jacksonville making a deep run in January. So how much would Daniil Hunter help them? Then they could pay him and keep him long term. Well, I I think what you do in that case, because, Phil, you, you said that the Jags have a first round pick, correct? That, mm-hmm. that they have control of that. I think what you do in that case is you allow Hunter's agent to talk to Jacksonville before a deal is made to work on an extension. And I think you can get so so if Daniil Hunter goes to a that happened to, with Bradley Chubb to right? the Jaguars the Chubb situation, it, it's going to be as Phil said, a late first round pick. I think you can get that, and and then you can have your own first round pick, a late Jacksonville pick to potentially move up more. And, and as much as we want to talk about Kirk and the Kirk conversation, recklessly speculating is unbelievable. Our friend Greeny, our friend Greeny can't stop with the Jets and he ain't going to the Jets. But the thing he's not is, going to the Jets. no, he's not. But the thing the to keep in it. mind, I don't care if they Darren, Denver, they're out. Darren, the thing to keep in mind is this, the Daniil Hunter trade will land the Vikings of all of the players they could potentially trade. Daniil Hunter will get you the most compensation back, including Cousins. You're, well, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the you're getting more right back. here on the Google. Bradley Chubb, Broncos trade Bradley Chubb to Miami at the trade deadline last year. They get a first-round pick, but within the same breath, Miami then extends Chubb, right? Mm-hmm. So that would right. be the idea. You're right, Judd. You allow Daniil's representation to have that dialogue with Jacksonville. You ask for Jacksonville's first-round pick, but then Jacksonville, you know, simultaneously signs Hunter to a long-term deal. Not a rental. Yeah. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at some. I'm trying to find other teams on the Daniil Hunter front that are like that have bad sack rates and pressure rates. Yeah, what if it's a package? The, the, the yeah, Falcons, dude. Not Bradley Chubb, and I know Jacksonville had interest in the summer. The Falcons, who are a surprise team, package they can Kirk? win that division. Is that what you're saying? How about Kirk and Daniil Hunter? To, they could, it, Desmond Ritter had a good game last week, but come on, come on, right? <laughs> Kirk's family, you know, his wife's family is from Atlanta. I don't know how they'd make the cap situation work, but whatever. Make the phone call and uh, and put in the ask. Other teams that are in contention with low pressure rates, the Baltimore Ravens have the fourth lowest pressure rate. Uh, the Rams might consider themselves in contention. They have the sixth lowest pressure rate. And then the Saints and the Chargers are on this list, too, as teams that are aspiring to make the playoffs or win their division. 
and are bottom 10 in pressure rate. So these, these are all phone calls I would be making in the next three weeks, but the Jaguars continue to make the most sense, Duke. So, hmm. Judd, I'm with you, though. Like, we were talking amongst ourselves, you know, some in the media room on Wednesday, exactly what you said. There aren't many storylines right now. It's not a divided locker room. Oh, There's not all this tension, angst, right? It sort of just is what it is. There's just there's not a whole lot of stuff to be chasing right now. And so, yeah, I mean, to me, it's all about October 31st. Yeah. Fascinating, guys. Um, hey, before we jump further into the reckless speculation, speculative uh, juiciness here, let's shout out, Judd, our friends at Finch Home Solutions, our favorite van around the Twin Cities. Here to help with your electrical system. Because that van means one thing. That van means when it pulls up in front of your house that your electrical problems are gone. They're going to be done. They're going to be a thing of the past. Cody Finch and his team at Finch Home Solutions, big or small, as I keep saying, they are going to solve any problems that you might have. That includes, for instance, rewiring your whole house. What's more important, too, than making sure that your house is safe, than making sure that your family is safe? And Finch can do that. They're fast. They're friendly. They're efficient. And they're offering a deal right now that they're calling the Finch Friends and Family Plan One free electrical inspection a year, no dispatching fee, priority dispatching. So when you call them, you go to the top of that list and a 10% discount on all work performed in your home for only $9.95 a month. You can call them 612-357-2604 or visit their new website, finchhomesolutions.com. In fact, you you can book an appointment there, finchhomesolutions.com. And that van pulls up and all your problems are a thing of the past. Yeah. Uh, also maybe, oh, maybe while you, while you wait for your electrical system to be fixed, or maybe go bounce down the street to park tavern, the official neighborhood bar of the sports dad himself, Judd Zolgat. Doogie's been there. I have, you guys have, we've had parties oh, dude, there. It's a great spot. And here's I took wh- Kyle Tige there like a month ago. It's fantastic. Oh, hold on a second. I'm going to look through my texts because I must've Dex, oh, did, um, Dex, did, did you get that? Text no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Kyle. Doogie, did you it, get that text? it wasn't Kyle. It wasn't Kyle, nope. but it also wasn't you guys. And I'm sorry about that. Oh. I did not. Text. Oh no, that, that's fine. It's you know why? Pies, but yeah, okay. That's fine because I got plenty of friends <laughs> who want to go to park tavern St. Louis Park, located Louisiana Avenue South. It is, uh, as you've just said, Phil, the headquarters of Sports Dad. It is the headquarters of watching games, enjoying beers, enjoying great food, or having a party there. Because this place, I'm going to tell you right now, they know how to put on a party. And I'm not talking a small one. I'm talking 60 people. I'm talking more anniversaries, birthdays. They've got bowling. They are the home of big events for your your friends and family. Uh, Park Tavern, parktavern.net parktavern.net in fact go on there right now and you can schedule a party there you don't even need to make a phone call ain't life grand park tavern in st louis park this is tom bernard can't get enough of sports talk with phil Mackey and judd zolgad tune in to the new tom bernard show podcast monday through friday as phil and judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the tom bernard show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit tombernardshow.com It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, back to the to the scoops and the speculation here, Dukes. If you have any other Vikings things, feel free to toss them out. Otherwise, we can start to put uh, the twins to bed. Well, I mean, Quasi Adolfo Mensa connected with his good buddy Jim Harbaugh at 
Huntington Bank Stadium last week, and I had noted on at least social media, I think also on Channel 5, the Vikings were going to have a healthy contingent scouting Gophers against Michigan. Well, Quasey, right, the big boss, was at that game. I had somebody tell me in NFL circles that this Michigan team will have at least 20 players drafted. Now, I'm not talking 20 in the 2024 draft. Yeah. Some will be draft eligible thereafter, like 2025, but this Michigan team is loaded. So the Vikings had a bunch of eyeballs on the Michigan Wolverines and Tyler Newbin and I guess Brevin Spanford, who has taken a massive step backwards this year when talking about Gophers NFL prospects. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, going to be interesting to watch. I keep seeing too stuff like uh, in terms of who the Vikings might draft. Um, like Albert Breer apparently went on Colin Cowherd yesterday and mentioned the Vikings potentially having eyes on top, like Caleb Williams and Drake May. I don't know where the Michigan, I think they're going to be out of that sweeps. I'm wondering like, where does the Michigan quarterback fall? Is he a first rounder? I to think me, he's like, a first that's rounder. The bin, yeah, that's the bin of quarterbacks we're probably talking about. right? I think he's a first rounder, but I mean, yes. I mean, the Vikings are still aggressively scouting a lot of practices, games. Yeah. Yes, they have had eyeballs during games on Caleb Williams, USC games, on Drake May, North Carolina games. They have been to USC practices. They've been to North Carolina practices. I have no doubt in my mind that the Vikings scouting department will have a huge book on all these top quarterbacks come April. Who's a good girl? Maya, 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 Maya. Who's a good girl? So, uh, so Dukes, on the Twins, now with uh, um, the, the four-game loss in the division series to Houston, let's start with an eye towards the future, actually. Um, and I want to start here because I think it's going to be one of the most interesting questions. What do you think internally the plan is with Buxton? Because, you know, he talked last night about coming, you know, I'm going to get right. I'm, But, I mean, God bless him. We've heard this before, and you can't trust it now. So I, I actually think there's going to be a lot of interesting decisions to be made. And on Buxton, he's coming back. I get that. But just as far as what you do here with a guy who has a chronically bad knee, and, and I think 2023 officially proved, you cannot count on him. Like, you can't even count on him to DH. So what you get is gravy. Unfortunately, you're paying him far more than than you would like to be for a guy who, if he contributes, you're happy. But if he doesn't, you're sort of just like, okay. Well, I mean, I think you keep the DH spot open in 2024. Michael A. Taylor made it very clear to me in the clubhouse last night. He wants to be back pending free agents. So I think you look at re-signing Michael A. Taylor, but it's not like you can pencil Byron Buxton in the center field. It was me, Pat Borzi of MinPost, and Bobby Nightingale of the Star Tribune lobbing Byron questions late last night, or sort of late last night in the clubhouse. A lot of media had already left. Byron came to his stall late in the open clubhouse session. So it was only a few of us still in the clubhouse late last night throwing him questions. And he was all about, hey, just need to see how the next week or so plays out. What needs to be checked? I even said, are we just talking about the knee, Byron? And he said, we need to see, right? So he didn't even say, hey, it's just the knee. Hmm. Like, there's all sorts of stuff that needs to be checked out. Uncertainty if he'll need any more surgery. Like, Carlos Correa knew instantly. Correa told us last night, yeah, my heel, no, no surgery. That's just rest. But he's got a nose issue. So, like, Carlos said in the moment, yeah, I'm going to need some sort of surgery to fix a nasal issue. But, like, Byron's like, you know, I'm not sure, 
right? So now he may know and just didn't want to say anything on the record last night. But to me, Judd, to answer your question, you need to keep open the DH spot. You can't just sign, you know, even if there's some great contact hitter that you really want this winter, hopefully that hitter can also play the field because you can't just pencil somebody in for 130 or something like that games next year as just the designated hitter. You need the DH spot open for Buxton. Buxton also told me last night he wasn't ready to play center field, right? So, like, he felt comfortable batting, although, you know, clearly not 100%, but he said he was able to do everything in the game last night but play in the field. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't ready to play in the field, and with just all these giant, Injury question marks. I just don't know how you would say, hey, Byron Buxton, opening day 2024, center fielder. Maybe we get to that point, but in this moment, you better keep the DH spot open. Hey, Dukes, what is – because there's there's a ton of fun conversations about how do you take something that turned out pretty damn good here and build on it, and, you know, what do you do with Buxton's in that conversation? You know, Sonny Gray. There's all sorts of interesting roster discussions here. Um options for Kepler and Jorge Polanco, but then you've got this TV partnership cloud looming over the twins head. And so not to get too far in the weeds, but for years and years and years, major league baseball uh, teams are largely driven by local revenue. It's not like the NFL and NBA where NFL in particular, where it's just a big pie of national revenue. The games aren't televised locally with like Dick Bramer on the call. They're nationally televised games in the NFL. In Major League Baseball, local revenue drives payrolls. It drives decisions. And they've been bringing in like 50 to $60 million a year on this Bally Sports North deal. And that is a huge question now. So do you have any idea what their, what their financial and or TV situation is going into next year and how it might impact their spending this winter? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know, Phil, because they don't know. Right. right so, right. you know, if they don't know, there's no way that I'll know. But yes. Very, very, very fair question to ask with that large revenue stream seemingly disappearing, right? So, like, will the payroll be what it was this year, right? What was it, 150, give or take? Yeah. Are they going was... to get to 150? I mean, I don't know. I don't have that answer, Phil, but that's a tremendous question to ask with the TV contract yeah. now up. What does that future look like? What sort of revenue can they generate on some sort of local TV or streaming if it goes that route deal? And so I don't I don't have that answer. But yeah, I mean, you look at all the pending free agents. I mentioned Michael A. Taylor. You brought up Sonny Gray. Like I walked in the clubhouse last night. Sonny and Joe Ryan had a long embrace. Sonny was crying. Yep. I just I looked at that and said, I mean, not that I thought Sonny Gray would be back you know, a month or two or three months ago. But that was almost confirmation to me that that was, like, the goodbye. Now, the Twins will – they know. They have to tender him a qualifying offer. If he wants to happily accept one year $20 million, the Twins will take Sonny Gray back at $20 million in 2024. But he'll turn that down, whether it's St. Louis or some other team. Like, he's going to get a contract that I just don't see the Twins matching. And I'm not even sure that Sonny – you know, if the right opportunity presents itself, trust me, he had a really fun year, especially coming off what took place in 2022, even though he didn't get a whole yeah. lot of run support this year. But I just I don't see a scenario where Sonny Gray is back. So that's going to be a good chunk of change off the payroll. 
you know, and you can go up and down the list of other guys that you know won't be back. Joey Gallo, for example, $11 million. That is going to be off the payroll. Mm. I bet he wasn't crying. Through doing the math, yeah, some guys are getting raises through the arbitration process. I do think they're in good shape, though. Yeah, they are in good shape. I do think it's a no brainer. You exercise the options on Jorge Polanco, on Max Kepler, even though I'm not joking when I say this. I think Jorge Polanco would love to hit the free agent market. The second base free agent market is weak. Jorge Polanco would get a nice contract, but if the Twins need to, they can trade him. Yeah. Right. But like to me, no brainer decision. Now, Hey, on June 1st, I would have told you, no way, no how do you exercise that option on Max Kepler? But as we sit here today, you're exercising that option on Max Kepler. So Kepler back, Polanco back. Then if you want to have some trade dialogue on those guys, fine. You know, but I don't know if they're going to have a payroll of $150 million next year. I really don't know that. Hey, Dukes, um, recklessly speculate for me on give me a trade or two that you could see happening involving the Twins to fill a position of need. And I'll give you one, at least a position, first base. Like right now, we have no idea who's going to play first base. But, you know, between uh, trades and free agency, do you think it's more, and I do, more uh, likely that they go through the trade market and give me something that you think could be at least plausible? Well, I mean, I would look at signing Reese Hoskins. Right, I mean, if you're looking for a first baseman, just sign Reese Hoskins on the open market. There's no reason to trade for a first baseman. Adam Duvall, who had a good year for the Red Sox, he's another guy the Twins have had some interest in in the past Hmm. that will be on the free agent market. Like, I don't think they're going after Cody Bellinger on the free agent market, for example. But I think they're open-minded. I mean, outside of, you know, Royce Lewis, I don't think there's all sorts of untouchables. I mean, you could make a logical case with this weak free agent second base market to trade Jorge Polanco, mm-hmm. to then have Brooks Lee ready to go. Brooks Lee is not far away. Maybe it would be a bit aggressive to have him in the opening day lineup. You know, maybe there's some other solution early in the season, then he's up by April 20th or April 25th. But it's not like Brooks Lee is far away, and he's fully capable of playing second base. So, like, to me, with the second baseman not really available on the open market and enough teams seeking a second baseman, you could trade. Jorge Polanco. So that, to me, would be something you could potentially look at. You know, then you can never have enough starting pitching, right? If Sonny Gray's gone, if Kenta Maeda is gone, Tyler Malley is a free agent. There hasn't been any dialogue there. He'll miss most of the year coming back from Tommy John surgery. So starting rotation, Chris Paddock, lock. Joe Ryan, lock. Pablo Lopez, lock. Bailey Ober, probably a lock. Louis Varland, Maybe lock, or do you like Louis better in the bullpen? Yeah. Dude, bullpen. Yeah, I hear you. Mm -hmm. Right? So the point is, you probably need a starting pitcher, right? So could you do something where you bring in some arm? So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I just, I would keep an eye on, I'm telling you, Judd Polanco, if you want me to recklessly speculate, it's just based on the weak free agent second base class Mm. that there's probably a trade out there for Jorge Polanco. I love it, dude. I love that. Reese Hoskins is an interesting one. You know, he's he's a just a he's a right handed hitter, good, solid offensive first baseman. Um, he was worth about three wins above replacement this last year, which was a career high for him with the Phillies. So you you can find guys like Reese Hoskins if you want for whatever, 10, 15 million dollars in free agency on short term deals, I would guess. So I will also note that Donovan Solano, when talking about first base, 
I don't know if it's truly mutual, although Donovan Solano had a really good year, not a good night last night, but yeah. a good overall year. He badly wants to be back. He verbalized that to me in the clubhouse last night. His representation has told the twins, Thad Levine specifically, Donovan so badly wants to be back. That's how much fun Donovan Solano yeah. had this year in a twins uniform. Awesome, man. Great stuff here, Dukes. Hey, what else you got in that bag? Let's do some rapid-fire scoops here to, to finish it out. Yeah, no goal for football game this weekend with the bye, but heading into the Iowa game a week from Saturday, can P.J. Fleck finally beat Iowa? He's an offer so far against Iowa, so Gophers-Hawkeyes yeah. a week from Saturday. It's trending mm-hmm. toward Cody Lindenberg and Darius Taylor being back for that game, barring some sort of setback because Lindenberg should have been back by now. Hamstring, tricky injury setback right and he wasn't able to play in that North Carolina game on September 16th but it looks like it's trending in the right direction for Lindenberg for Taylor to play on October 21st in Iowa City. Jada McDaniels dealing with a calf issue I'm told it's minor now could it be contract related I don't think so and an ear infection you just you hear calf injury right and you think cat you think Jordan McLaughlin yeah right so don't even you know hopefully it is truly minor but I've had multiple people tell me nothing to worry about with this Jaden McDaniels calf injury famous last words yeah exactly there there it is Darren Doogie Wilson from the five eyewitness news sports department the scoop podcast every Tuesday and Thursday he makes appearances here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. So, Dukes, great stuff, dude. Enjoy Absolutely, your weekend. Absolutely, boys. Enjoy the wild opener tonight. It's hockey season. It is hockey Drop season. That good, it was a good handing off of the baton. The Twins got us to hockey season. Bring on the Panthers. Right. Cats. Mm-hmm. All right, boys. The, Pants, the Cats. See ya. The Kitties. All right, see you, Doogie. Good stuff there, boys. A little reckless speculation Thursday for you. Reckless. Some stuff to build off there. I'm very excited for these off seasons. We've gone from like, eh, the Twins are kind of an afterthought for two or three years, and you know the audience wasn't really responding to Twins talk. Whatever. Now it's like, I want to make a list of a hundred topics we can talk about all winter long. There's so many fun things. I'm already going through like free agent lists. How can you get this thing to the next level? Mm -hmm. So trades be fun. Trades. There's some good the trades the, out there. The second base free agent market is weak. Well, you have a surplus of good second basemen starting with Jorge Polanco, then you should be able to get something in a trade and unclog the logjam. Oh. Yeah. Not to mention the fact it looks like the uh, Mets are going to be shopping their big first baseman. The Mets. Yeah, there's some weird tension there. Yeah, with Alonzo. Mm-hmm. There's very weird tension. But you know what? He hits right handed, he hits bombs, he strikes out. I, I looked it up, he strikes out. But he doesn't strike out as much as I thought. He struck. He was like tied for thirty third in strikeouts. Yeah, in the I mean, league. I thought he was way higher than that. So, yeah, they do have they do have to come down on the strikeouts. But you know what? He doesn't strike out as much as Joey Gallo does. Well, and he hits by, by just more getting balls. rid of Joey Gallo. Yeah, you're going to get a lot more uh, balls in play. Sign me up for Reese Hoskins, dude. I love Reese Hoskins. Dude walks a ton, mm-hmm. has bombs. I I loved me some. Missed Hoskins all of the season, Joey. correct? Because yeah. of the torn knee, yeah, and he. And there's chatter he might be able, I think, to come back in, in the ALCS or, or NLCS in the yes. World Series potentially for them. But uh, Yeah, and yeah. I misspoke that his career season was Plenty. obviously the last year that he played. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's a, uh, what is his, I'm just going to look this That's up. Interesting. I, I think he is kind of a butcher defensively. Yeah, he's not the greatest defensive first baseman. Um, in his last full season, it was a career best in 
Well, he had 30 home runs, which was second best in his career. His OPS plus was 123, which is 23% better than the average uh, offensive player. And then he was worth, according to baseball reference, 2.9 wins above replacement, which is the best mark of his career when he was healthy in 2022. So, all right, boys, let's put a wrap on this episode. Mm. We've got you guys covered with a state of the offense, uh, Vikings Purple Daily episode, and a score North twin show with our hottest twins takes the day after we've slept on this. So thanks for hanging out across the score North network of pods.